0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hi guys, it's Gabi and welcome to What's Gabi Cooking in Quarantine. If you're new here, I'm Gabi. I'm the founder of What's Gabi Cooking, a best-selling author and now podcast host. What's Gabi Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry and so much more. I'm also highlighting super cool companies at the end of every episode so we can support small businesses in the food world. So, let's get right into it. This is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. Hi guys, happy Monday. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest on today's podcast. She is one of my favorite humans in the entire world. She's a dear friend, she's a mentor, she's an absolute light and she's helped me bring Watskaby Cooking to where it is today. We've talked about her before. Her name is Lori Buckle and you guys are going to love her. We're about to get into all things branding, how we started Watskaby Cooking, tips you can take if you want to start your own brand. She's just the best. She comes from a heavy publishing background. She used to work at Bone App. She used to work at Fine Cooking, Better Homes and Gardens. And now she runs a company called Cook It, which helps online culinary creators build brands. They also work on the brand side of things. She's just a powerhouse of a human, and you guys are going to love her. So let's meet her. Hi, Lori. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi, Gabby. I'm so excited. I am so excited to have you here. I think everyone who is like a dedicated What's Gotta Be cooking fan has heard about you in some way, shape, or form before. Because I talk about you all the time. I think you are one of the biggest reasons what Scotty Cooking is what it is today. And without you, we would not have like made it over that hurdle. But when did we even meet? Oh my God, you are the sweetest
0: person on the planet. <laughs> I was actually trying to remember that. I, I was thinking about sort of the whole blogging industry and how long you've been in the business. I mean, you are like an OG, right? And I think you were a couple of years into your blog before you and I even connected and that must have been five or six years ago. We were at a book party in Hancock Park and we went <gasps> to dinner at the Hungry Cat. Oh my gosh, I remember this. Oh, it was somebody else who introduced us. I vaguely remember burgers at the Hungry Cat.
1: I do too. We had burgers at the Hungry Cat and then we went on a double date with our husbands and we... Yeah,
0: probably at the Hungry Cat too.
1: Pro- I think we did. the Hungry Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It was yes. so good. Anyways, we've known each other forever. And backstory for those of you listening, Lori and I started working together. I'm going to say it was in 2013, 2014. It probably was. And your business, like you had just left the magazine world. You've worked at like every huge giant publishing house there is.
0: I joke that you were my guinea pig, that I had these ideas. I literally think I said to you, I got these things. I got these ideas. I need somebody that I can run them by. And you can tell me, yes, no, maybe so. That's good. That's bad. I remember
1: that conversation vividly. And I was like so pumped about it because you have all this experience with creating a brand and creating content that I didn't have. And I just feel like we found each other at the right place and the right time. And we're never leaving each other ever again. (laughs) I'm so with you on that. So I wanna talk. There's so many people that are listening who either are just starting their blogs or their brands or they wanna start their Instagram or they don't have any social media presence except for their own personal and they want to like kind of dip their feet into starting a brand. So I wanna take people back to how we started concepting what the new What's Gabi Cooking was gonna be. And then we'll get into some other questions back then. But do you remember how like sitting in my apartment those couple of times. So well. Stella was like attacking our feet. (laughs) Except for the
0: cat. (laughs) The cat. I say (laughs) I can't. I don't think I've ever really been attacked by a cat before, but there is the exception.
1: (laughs) There's always a first. There's always a first. Tell everyone how we kind of... Kicked it all off.
0: It's funny because now in the consulting that we do and in the course that we teach and everything, it's much more of a formula. Do you know what I mean? It's like you begin here, you go here, you do this. And when we were doing it, it was like it's the wild west, right? It was like, okay, what do I know about creating a brand and speaking to a reader and growing the story of that brand? What do I know about this that can help you? In what way is a blog like a magazine? In many ways. And also the business part of it, right? Like understanding yourself as a business instead of just a hobby, because I think at that point in time, the larger percentage of the blogs out there were literally hobby blogs and people were starting them up. I swear I still hear this almost every day. People were starting them up as a place to put their recipes because they loved cooking and they wanted to share it with friends and family and that kind of thing and oh my goodness look at what it's you know turned into now. But I think when you and I started out we were really digging around into sort of this concept of what made you unique. Like What's Gabby Cooking was already, it had such good bones. It had such, you know, it had everything of you already in it and all of your enthusiasm for cooking and your kind of passion for the way you eat. I don't know if slutty brownies are still a big search for I would imagine they are today. <laughs> they the, are. <laughs> um, but I remember at the time, it made so much sense to me in a way that a lot of the food that was out there, you know, at that moment in time, it wasn't that funny. It wasn't that exciting. It wasn't that sort of sense of, Yes, I do love slutty brownies, but remember when we were saying, but that means I have to have a salad for lunch, right? Yep. Um, And how that concept of balance, I think it's still such an important part of who you are and all the content you create and the story that you tell every single day. You live a life in balance. I loved the conversation you were having with your mom about that and how in so many ways your family instilled that in you. I know, that's crazy, right? Now you're kind of, you know, you're like a guru of balance in so many ways. Um, But at the time we were trying to figure out what did that look like as a brand story? And I I can try to remember how we like, we were just kind of beginning to say to ourselves, all right, well, this is actually what it's really like to eat in California, right? Like in the same day, we really do wear flip-flops and heels and we really do put on a red lip. And at the same time, we don't do our nails for two weeks. You know, it's that kind of thing where we just are, We are extremes in the best possible way. We live the beach, we live in the mountains, we like all these things about LA that kind of had, I think, a a huge factor in what your food was and how you cooked and the way you lived your life. And that if we looked at California as kind of aspirational place for people to have this lifestyle, so that even if you do live in Kansas City, you still have this chance to eat a little bit like a California girl, live a little bit like a California girl, learn these ways of thinking about sort of being outside and eating outside. And I remember it starting to come into focus for both of us. And it was very much about that sort of idea of slutty brownies and salad and where all that comes together, especially when you're, you know, riding your bike in between and hitting the beach and, you know, how that just became something for us. I think a little bit like the Beach Boys, right? Like we all could be California girls.
1: (laughs) I remember these conversations so vividly, and I went back and looked at all the Word docs we made when we were redesigning my website and what the table of contents basically was going to look like and how my recipe index was going to be formatted. But I feel like we came down to that point of being a California girl and California being like a state of mind rather mm-hmm. than an actual place so everybody could live this kind of life basically by just word vomiting. Like we were just going back and forth. We're doing about like, so much
0: word vomiting. <laughs> remember all the stuff on balls like the giant like pinups of schedules and calendars and ideas and it was so great. It was like watching your mind work.
1: Well and it was such an incredibly useful exercise and something I had never done before because I just I didn't know that was what someone should do. And I Dang. feel like it well, <laughs> but I feel like in the magazine world when you guys were brainstorming things for Meredith or Condé Nast or whatever it was, you slap up all these ideas and then you talk about everything and see what sticks, right?
0: A hundred percent. And that was actually one of those things that I did want to bring to the process was it is this sort of brainstorming world of understanding what your opportunities are. So once you settle in on your your story and once you understand sort of that audience that you're speaking to, and then it's about sort of the content piece of it and how that content takes shape around everything you know about your brand story, your positioning, your audience. It's like that gives you the fence around where you're thinking. But from there, it's always brainstorming and it's really coming up with ideas that you know shift with the seasons and shift with the trends but at the same time are so relevant to your audience and i think that's something that you really took away in spades. That sort of, this is me, this is my audience, and this is where we connect. And everything you do lives in that space, especially now. But at the time, it was really kind of beginning to understand sort of categories of content and the way you thought about categories as you restructured your site. I feel like you were one of the first people to kind of step outside the blog, the limitations of the blog, which now we talk about all the time, and expand into sort of the world of content and multiple platforms and everything. But it was very much about what are those ideas and how do they better... T- tell the bigger story. I just am having
1: like flashbacks in my apartment (laughs) because I feel like you're like, you should talk more about this. And I'd be like so hesitant to do it. And now it's like such a huge pillar of what's got to be cooking, like the travel or featuring other cool companies, which I feel like we've brought into the podcast space really well. Yeah, It's like my favorite part is besides getting to interview cool people and answer questions, like getting to share other companies that fall within the brand. So I think like, yes, we we put up all these ideas, we brainstorm, we saw what stuck. Say if someone doesn't know what their brand is. So if someone's coming to you and cook it, do you think they need to have some sort of platform already established before you can work with them? So they have like some sense of what story they're telling? Or do you want someone who's like brand new, just starting?
0: You know, we have found ways through the different products that we have to kind of help everybody at whatever stage they're at in that process But I do think it's interesting to have enough experience in this space so that you begin to understand something isn't quite right. Like you're doing this and you're doing that, and you've got this piece down, and you're you know you're optimizing you know all your platforms and things like that. But at the same time, you don't feel this you know this connection with your audience, or you aren't like 110% jumping out of bed in the morning, excited to get to work on your content. And something just feels off because I feel like that might be the point at which you say to yourself, hmm, I'm not really sure I'm doing this. Like maybe I'm following the crowd over here instead of saying to myself, well, this is my role in this conversation. So if the conversation, for instance, we've been talking about wellness lately, if the conversation is about wellness, How does that person find their role in that conversation? And that's really a process of, it's really not unlike what we were doing, but it's finding out what what is it that's unique about you and taking that unique quality and turning it into something that really helps you define, well, how does that ultimately become my brand story? And there's a lot of research involved in that. You know, it's happening on the marketplace side where you're better understanding all of those brands and personalities and products in the wellness space so that you can kind of start to see where you fit in and then narrowing that down to your competitive set, brands, those people that are really in direct competition with what you you think your strategy is. We call this gap, gap analysis sometimes, but it's really finding that like, what is that really unique thing about you? And there's so many ways to define what that might be, but what is it and how does it actually define sort of where you're going going forward so that you can feel like, okay, this is my road. (laughs) This is the story that I'm telling again and again, but through the lens of creativity. And like you were saying, constant brainstorming and everything.
1: Well, and I think that might almost be the most important part because everyone does have their own story to tell and their own voice and whatever. And it's really just figuring that out and going with it. Because if you are someone who follows a lot of people on Instagram and you're like, oh, I just want to make a brand just like so-and-so
0: that's never going to work. Like that's a fail from the start, basically. you be inspired by that person, but not just like. You have to be different. How many people are, you know, sort of getting into it every day? How many people are trying to figure out what is it? Where is the opportunity? It, it literally is this chaotic world of voices, and it's so hard to surface your own sort of opportunity there that I really think the key to that is knowing exactly what you're doing, who you are, who you are, why you're doing it, and who you're doing it for.
1: Well, and I think there's still room. Like we haven't reached max capacity or anything like that because if you haven't started, there's still room for you.
0: It's true of magazines too, right? It's like Mm -hmm. you think, Oh my gosh, there's all these things on the newsstand. What, what could I possibly create that would be different? But there's always room and when it's good that you know that audience, everyone knows it's good, everyone knows it's relevant, that it's really serving their needs, like what they need out of a product. So I feel like that opportunity is always there. I feel like there's always that opportunity to get better and stronger as you evolve too because I, we often talk about this business being like a shark. you know if you're not swimming, you're a goner basically. (laughs) Um, So how is your brand always changing? Because your audience is always changing. They're always interested in something new. How do you get ahead of them?
1: And you're so good at it. (laughs) (laughs) You and I could talk for hours. So... Do you think for people who are wanting to get into the business and start a blog or start a brand or whatever it is, is it better to start fast and just go for it, or is it better to start fast and adapt later down the road, or is it better to like really think things through and then launch with like a cohesive mentality, kind of?
0: Such a good question. I think I would think about it a little bit like applying for a job. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I think we all apply for jobs that we're not entirely qualified for, right? Uh, guilty, really guilty as charged. Right. And then we work toward what we needed to know in order to succeed there. Like you wouldn't apply for a job that you had absolutely no idea what it was. You'd have enough information to really feel like, okay, I can do this. And I'm pretty sure I can do this up here. It's going to take me a little bit, but I don't need to. I don't need to let anybody know that. You know enough to really feel like okay. I think I'm ready to take the next step and go live, or you know, start design and development or whatever it might be. But I think a little bit of that beginning it's work a would hybrid, yeah, really yeah, yeah.
1: Like if you're someone who only knows about food, maybe best not to take on a, make a career out of being a medical consultant. Like, right. like pick <laughs> exactly. exactly you know a little. Like for example, for Web Scobby Cooking, I started just in food, and we didn't bring on travel or any, any sort of offshoot of the brand for many years until I was comfortable writing about it and really telling a story.
0: And I remember you going through those periods of time of thinking, I want to do this and I want to do this, but I'm thinking about it. I'm working on it. I'm working, like working on what is my version of that kind of content and everything.
1: Right. And surprise vacation was a huge piece of that. Thanks to my dad. (laughs) I wanted all the travel content to look a little different, and I think between my dad and Thomas's video editing skills, we were able to differentiate that enough from everyone else. who was I agree. In the travel, I travel agree. Space. Yeah.
0: And you try things too. That's what I love about this industry. I mean, a you can go out, you know, on any social platform you're on and talk to all of the people who are following you or commenting or whatever it might be. Have conversations with them. Learn about what they're, you know, what they're really liking about you. Learn learn about what they don't like too and evolving in that process.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've done on What's be Cooking is I'm constantly polling everyone on every platform about what they want to see or what do they not want to see or do they like 30-second videos or do they want 30-minute videos? How can we adapt our content strategy to really be satisfying a need so I'm being of service? Like, I don't want to create content that's just going to fall on deaf ears. Like, I want to create content that people are going to use. I think people should actually study
0: the way you do that. Literally, you are a a walking example of this sort of constant urge to be right there by your reader, creating what she needs, giving her what she needs. Everything you do is informed by that. And I think that's a huge part of your success is that you are in lockstep there. And even a little bit ahead. So you're always like, well, have you tried this? Have you ever made this? You know, it's that kind of thing. So you're you're inspiring and you're, you know, like in the magazine world, we used to call it service content. Like you're actually giving them things that they need and you're inspiring them and you're entertaining them. Well, how do you think content
1: creation has changed amidst covid like have you seen all of your clients adapt quickly like and both on like the individual side and on the brand side like how do you think people are creating content differently right now
0: i think everybody's learning and it's mm-hmm. amazing to watch the learning that's going on because i think it's changing the industry which is really exciting i think on on both the brand and the influencer side there is this chance to kind of sit back, look at what you've been doing, decide if it was your best work. Do you know what I mean? And decide where you fit in the conversation now and where you can really be valuable. And I think it kind of... Tell me if you disagree, but I think it kind of brings us back to almost where we started in this business, which was, was very authentic, right? Like you you worked with brands you loved that you were truly passionate about. You created content in that in that partnership space that was so so creative so out of the box thinking so sort of focused on how your audience would benefit from that content what that would look like and i think to come back to that to kind of really understand your value and and the fact that you know you've got all of these people who who are have been home and are still home and really perhaps knew nothing about like how to boil an egg, right? Maybe 15 weeks ago or something. And now they're making the most perfect omelet on the planet and they're empowered and they're cooking. And to be with them through that process and to be that influencer who is creating that content that kind of walked in step with them, like we were saying about you, that's it. That's a learning experience no one will ever forget. And it is that sort of, that empathy that you bring to it too. I think especially on the brand side, this is super important. It's, it's not about buy my product. It's about how does this product, you know, help you get through quarantine and cook better and feel, you know, like you can actually do these thousand things that you're trying to do in any given day, whether that's, you know, kids at school doing the dishes, taking a bath, um, trying to keep your sanity, basically. I mean, I was working
1: with brands that weren't even paying me, but I was still promoting back when I first started. And I think that's how I kind of figured out how to talk about other brands and make it authentic?
0: No, but that's such a good point. And I think, you know, people often say, but I shouldn't work for free, right? Absolutely not. It's not working for free. It's basically, and this comes back to magazines too, interestingly enough. I mean, we're always looking, in the magazine business, you're always looking for products and ideas and people that you know will be interesting to readers. A lot of, you know, the front of any magazine is about shopping and really finding those products that you know your reader's really gonna value and buy and that kind of thing. And when an influencer looks at it that way and it becomes editorial content as opposed to sponsored content, you've already kind of set up a relationship with your reader in terms of, here's a product that you love that sits on your counter every day. And when your reader sees that, oh, wow, now you're partnering with that brand. Well, of course you are. You love that product. For them, it feels like a very natural experience. They don't see, you know, sort of any kind of ad, hashtag ad or anything like that and and scroll through. They're like, oh, that's right. This is like this is a really valuable relationship. I should I should go to Target and buy that because that's the only place I can go to get it. No, just
1: kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel with Lululemon. I, One day, maybe <laughs> they'll pay me. Maybe not. I'm unsure. But until then, I will continue to support their leggings until I die. I'm sure Los Angeles
0: <laughs> will open up sometime soon too. And we'll,
1: <laughs> we'll have more options. There are people who are nervous to give away content for free. And I want to bring this back also into starting your blog. Like, I think when you start a brand or a blog, you can't be in it to make money to start. Or at least you have to know that you're not going to make money in the beginning. Like, I don't think What's Got to Be Cooking was profitable for years. Like, I know it wasn't. And so I think when you're starting a brand or a blog or a channel or whatever it is, I think it has to be like a legit side hustle. Most of the people you're seeing Or talking to or consulting with, is this a side hustle or is this something that they've already jumped full
0: steam ahead into? I love this question. I feel like there's a two part answer. So, Cookit is a startup too, if you think about it. And if you think about your blog as a startup and you realize that, wow, this is going to take me a minute to really figure out what is this business? How is it going to work? What kind of staff am I talking about? What are my revenue strategies? What are all these things? But you start anyway, right? You get started and you start to figure these things out but you're pretty well resigned to the fact that this is a startup and in most cases it's not going to be a heavy money maker until a little ways down the road you hope it will be right <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and i think same thing for starting up a blog yes i think you should come at it from the perspective that it's a business but it, you're right it's not a business that overnight is going to be able to do what it does what are you like 7 8 years in right now kind of thing longer than that when you really have created this machine that you know, is efficient and runs and it has all these different platforms that it's on and it's constantly building, that, you know, building all that out, it can't be that way from the beginning. But I do think it's key to think of yourself as a business instead of just a hobby. But I also appreciate what you were saying is, yeah, you can't just quit and basically say, "Hi, I am going to go be a blogger. Because like we were saying before, there is so much you need to do in order just to kind of get yourself to launch, in order to get yourself to really figuring out what your opportunity is and where you fit in, all that stuff that has to kind of, it needs adjusting and tweaking all the time. And I think that you need to allow yourself that time. And it's got to be a side hustle if, you know, if you still right. need to, you know, be bringing home the bacon. Everyone's got to pay those yep. bills. We all like bacon.
1: <laughs> this is true, except for the vegetarian. Oh, and the sorry. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. They have fake bacon now. I want to leave everyone with like your three tips of like what you need to do if you're just now starting and you've with this quarantine, you've realized you're not happy in your job, but you're going to stick with it and you want to start something new. What do you think your three like first steps would be for starting something? Like, I think we briefly talked about using your network to really like flesh out what you think your brand is and what you stand for. Yes. Do you think that would be a good place to start? I
0: love a network, especially when you define it as, you know, sort of the people you might know in a Facebook group and the people that you might know from another job. Do you know what I mean? When it's this really broad group of people who, who know you, and parents are always good at this too <laughs> and people that have been supportive for you i think though that your true work is really with yourself because from the mm-hmm. beginning you really need to figure out just like we were saying you know almost simultaneously there's this process of what we we really just call it like positioning is really understanding what's a thing in you that drives you that pushes you towards something and what is the audience for that thing? It's a quick example. Let's say you went to London on a junior year abroad, like I did. And the thing that drives you is that experience with you know, English cooking in a way that kind of changes the way you cook otherwise. It's, it gives you this... This different perspective, this different view of ingredients and how they're used, you know, in England versus here, something like that, or maybe France. Um, but do you know what I mean? Something in you that is very particular to you. And then going out into that marketplace and trying to figure out where else is that out there? What does that marketplace look like? And how do I begin to understand how this thing in me can be reflected out there in the conversation? And then bringing all that back to really looking at, okay, well, then who am I in direct? Competition with. And at the same time, really understanding the audience value that that piece has and where that ties in. That was so good. You just took me through a whole journey
1: in my mind, and I was like super here for it. I think the touch point about either having study abroad in London or France and bringing that yeah. home and analyzing that is such a great way of looking at it because that's what makes you so unique. Yeah, it's like finding that thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's so key. I never looked at it like that. I mean, there're not too many times in your life where it really is about you. Do you know what I mean? Like this is really your chance to kind of write your own story into the future and what it's going to look like and to write it around something that you hold deep in your beliefs and in your right. heart. And you want to go learn about it. You want to, you know, you want it to be a bigger part of who you are. And then it's just kind of looking at the bookends on either side, which is marketplace and audience and where those all come together. In a very happy plate of food, do you know what I mean? It's just like all of, when all of yeah. those pieces are working together and humming along. That's when you have a really successful brand story.
1: I love that. And also, now I would like to go to France and England with you and eat all the food when we're allowed to get I on can't planes again. Wait, need <laughs> London. Okay, I want to end this with a rapid fire question. Okay, let's do this. Grilled cheese or hamburger or cheeseburger? Uh, grilled cheese. Tomato soup or French onion soup? Tomato. We are the same person. Uh, White wine, red wine, or rosé? White. Maybe (laughs) rosé. Okay, here's one that I know of. The only thing we're ever going to differ on. Banana bread or zucchini bread? Oh, that's not a fair
0: question. (laughs) You guys, hate bananas. Everyone's always teasing me about bananas. (laughs) Okay, one more. Chocolate chip cookie or oatmeal raisin? No competition chocolate chip cookie. I (laughs) <laughs> like that's my desert island food. That and a grilled cheese and tomato soup, and we're golden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more, one more. Would you ever eat grilled cheese with ketchup? No, I hate ketchup. Did I never tell
1: you that? Oh my! Oh no, I did uh, know yeah, this because like this is one thing you and Thomas really agree on. Even on your Thomas burger, I,
0: even on burgers. Yeah, Alan teases wow. me all the time. I know it's like weird. Oh my god! Not I forgot not about you. Salt. See, there's some differences. Otherwise, it'd be
1: really weird. Just a few, though. Just a few. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Lori. Well, thank you so much for hanging out today. I love seeing your face on Zoom. Not everyone's going to be able to see the Zoom, but everyone, I will put all of Lori's information in the show notes. She's amazing. You can follow them on Cook It online. I'll put all the details below. Thanks, Lori. Thanks so much, Gabby. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. I hope that was informative and you love Lori as much as I do. Her business is called Cook It Media. You can Google them, they're amazing. Let's talk about a super cool small company. So, over the past couple of weeks, I have heard from many of you that you want to see more businesses owned by black women, in particular people of color. And I have got you so covered. Our credit card bill is a little larger than normal because we've been ordering so many incredible things from brands I have just been discovering. So without further ado, do, I want to introduce you to another company called Gold. It is a wellness brand. And you know, I'm like a little hesitant about wellness brands, but this Company has it all. They have all these incredible superfood blends that you can use in the morning to make your drink. So I know we've talked about coffee before on here and different kind of cool tea companies, but like have we discussed my matcha obsession? Because it is real and I love the feeling of matcha flowing through my veins. Okay, so gold.co g-o-l-d-e dot co is where you're gonna find everything. You can find all these incredible matcha blends that they have, this turmeric latte blend. They've got a super food latte blend. They've got it all. If you are a caffeine drinker in the morning, like my husband and occasionally me, this is for you. All right, that's it for today's What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine episode. Be sure to tune in for new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. If you have any questions you want answered, give us a call at 1-888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you know a super cool small company that you want to be highlighted, let me know in the voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gabi Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out my website, what'scobbycooking.com. See you guys very soon.